Half time, the first, the first sentence that I said, like, if you have fear of failure, you will not succeed. You must have the guts to fail to succeed. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. It is time to turn to the rugby. Alan Quinlan, good morning to you. Morning, lads. How are you? How are you keeping? Good, thanks. Yeah, very good. We were having a conversation earlier on about how people deal with recognition and fame and autograph hunters and selfie hunters. You must get a fair bit of that. <laughs> no, I do not. Um, not not in the same bracket as as the people you were talking about. Um, uh, no, I'm probably an autograph hunter nowadays. I get out of it. How do you deal with that when you're out when you're out and about shops out for a pint and there's people coming at you left, right, and centre? Are you good with it? Um. It doesn't happen to me that much, to be honest. Um, it probably did happen a bit when you're playing, particularly when I was living down Limerick and stuff like that. Um, if you go out for the food shop um, in the evening, um, particularly around Castle Troy, there's a lot of us living around there and training close to the university. Yeah, you'd meet lots of people who'd who'd stop up, and but they get they get used to you and uh, probably leave you alone then. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen much anymore. Most people haven't a clue who I am anyway. So yeah, I it's, get out of it. it's not an issue, but um, yeah, I'm more of an autograph hunter nowadays, particularly <laughs> with my son and stuff if we're out and about and we see anyone. Yeah, you can't um, Yeah, yeah. So a few things to get to. We'll talk a little bit maybe about the Clash of the Champions has been uh, uh, worded in a little bit. We want to talk obviously about the under-20s as well, but might start with the Johnny Sexton independent uh, disciplinary hearing that's been confirmed for July the 13th. Obviously it's looking into his conduct after the Champions Cup final last month. This is a worry now, isn't it? It, Yeah, it is. And uh, it's probably probably taken a while, which has been surprising um, that it's taken this long to actually determine that they're going to have a hearing. Um, a couple of weeks ago, obviously, we we, we we heard that something was happening. They made contact and probably looked for a response from, from Johnny Sexton and, and, and from Leinster. And now we have a hearing. So it is a concern. It is a worry. And um, I suppose it's uh, in a court, in, you know, in in a court of law, it's probably, uh, there's, there's some sort of a case to answer for that they've progressed to this stage. And... Um, who knows what's going to happen? Um, as I said a few a while back, hopefully um, from an Irish point of view, it's not it's not it's not a ban that's going to affect the World Cup. I think they have to address the issue. Um, I think if you ask Johnny afterwards, uh, and again I'm not speaking for him, he probably would regret um, what happened. And getting involved, particularly, I think more so that he wasn't in the match day 23. He's a captain of the squad and he's a very senior player with Leinster. But um, it probably wasn't a great look when you're not when you're not involved and not tugged out. Um, as I said, you know, people can say stuff to referees and there's emotion and there's probably a bit of mitigation if you're tugged out and you're you have that adrenaline rush and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't a great look. Um, he didn't murder anyone. It's not like as if it's a, a disgraceful kind of situation. But I think, um, you know, it, it's something that he, he probably sh- he shouldn't have done. That's the reality of it. He shouldn't have done it. And he engaged with Jakob Piper. He's obviously had, he said his piece. So, look, I think they'll have to be seen to take some sort of action. 
Um, and I'm sure Johnny will have an explanation of what he said as well. And and um, but it's a worry now at this stage, and it's it's something that um, hopefully, as I said, doesn't affect his World Cup preparation. I'm sure there there may be some sort of a ban or suspension or, or yeah. fine or something out of this. Do you um, like they obviously have some heavy hitters now on the, on the on the panel? The fact that they're taking it this far suggests that they feel that there is a case to be answered. Is there some sense, Quinny, that it's his reputation? Uh, has preceded him to a degree with this as well, or that that may even end up playing playing itself into the conversation a little bit. Yeah, well, there's there's a. I, I'm not sure. I think that could be a case in point for for Leinster and his defence to say that you know there's obviously been a lot of talk about this on on social media and a lot of commentary for from people who who um, who maybe see this as an opportunity to weaken Ireland at the World Cup. Yeah. Um some journalists I've seen it and I'm not sure, you know, they're they're you know, talk about the good of the game and the values of the game and the way you don't see people getting involved with referees and you know, rugby is different to soccer, the way you see soccer players kind of up in their faces screaming and shouting. Um Look what happened to Jurgen Klopp a few months ago in the Premier League when he's kind of going at a fourth official. You know, that was very high profile. He got a touchline ban for that and a fine. I know it's a different level, but it's not a good look for sport when you when you have that and we're continuously trying to talk about respect for referees and GA referees in particular in Ireland. Um, a lot of situations they've had problems with the DDSL here in Dublin that's been highlighted the last number of years where you know, referees don't want to go out on a Sunday and, and referee underage games because they're getting abused by the, on the sidelines. So nobody wants to see that situation um, where where referees are being kind of challenged. Um, there's always a case for me of believing that there, you know, there's a balance, and it goes right back to the Rassi Erasmus stuff um, at the lines a couple of years ago. That there has to be some little bit of accountability. Emotions get high. Um, and the performance on, on a particular day kind of affects can affect people's livelihoods on both ways, referee and, and players. So sometimes emotions get high, but I don't think there's been a trial on social media of Johnny Sexton and and, and you know previously he's he's the type of person I've said this before that I want him as my captain confronting the referees or challenging decisions or you know, but you know, sometimes Johnny's emotions get the better of him and he's so passionate about what he does. And, um, you know, in this particular case, I think it wasn't a good look. And I would imagine, as again, I'm only speculating that um, it, it, he, he realized that, that it was wrong. And, you know, we all want to say things at times to referees or give out to them after matches, whether you're coaches, players or participants. But sometimes you just got to bite your lip, and in this particular occasion, I think, because and, and 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 I didn't think there was anything major in that game that that totally went against Leinster either. And I, I say that as my, in with my, in my own opinion, there was nothing that jumped out that there was any blatant decision that Jakob Hyper had given against him. Um, so look, I think he got it wrong, and um, I imagine if if the ERC. ECPR or there's there's going to be some some sort of punishment here um, 
And from an Irish point of view, look, hopefully it's not a situation of, of him missing any World Cup games. He may miss warm-up games. It may be a fine. But look, I don't think it's as bad as this. it's kind of been portrayed in some quarters. But yeah. he's going to have a problem here in, yeah. of, of some sort, I think. Well, we had Ronald Agar on a few weeks ago speaking in his defence as well. I'm sure that will be uh, factored into it too. We'll see um, see what happens on the track. Uh, so let's talk about you were in commentary duty yesterday on Virgin for the uh, pool game Ireland against the um, against Australia, the Junior Wallabies. An impressive uh, win from the Yang Quinney, four try bonus point win. They've drawn with England before that. They have Fiji to come. And if my reckoning is correct, it means that if Ireland beat Fiji with a bonus point and England have anything less than a bonus point win over Australia then Ireland go through and if both Ireland and England win with a bonus point then it comes down to point difference points difference so Ireland may need to do a big number on Fiji no, I, 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 from what I can look, from what I can look at it Adrian um, just in the permutations I yeah. think um, there's three pools of four the top three in each pool goes through automatically and then there's a fourth best runner up um, which would be um the next best qualified team so if you look at pool c i think you've italy on five south africa on five and georgia on five um those three teams cannot get past 10 points so one of them will top the group on 10 points i think um and then the next best runner-up in the other two pools you know will again i think um, in the top group, uh, France's group, um, I think the top number there they can get to is 12 or 13 as well. Um, maybe 12. So from what I can see, if Ireland get a bonus point win, they're going to be in the semifinals. Okay. Um, uh, France are going to top the group. Either Ireland or England, it looks like, will possibly top the group. And then you're kind of going from Argentina Georgia, South Africa, or maybe Italy, because they had a, they they beat South Africa yesterday. It's amazing that group is so tight. It started with our Argentina beating in Italy pretty convincingly, um, and yesterday was, you know, crazy. Georgia beat Argentina, and and Italy beat yeah. South Africa. So that group is incredible. So from my reckoning, uh, a bonus point win puts Ireland in the semi-finals. Um, England had a big big win yesterday. They're 26 points better than, than Ireland. Mm. Um, and obviously, they've got to play Australia yet, so who knows um, you know, what will happen in that game. But going, going back to the game yesterday, um, I think the first 10 or 15 minutes was, was concerning. Um, and it looked like that Ireland were playing a side that were just incredibly dangerous in attack. Their backline looked very powerful. Um Australia looked a better team for the first 10 or 15 minutes of the game. Ireland under a fair bit of pressure. Um, and unbelievably, when it looked like Australia possibly are scoring a try early on, Andrew Osborne, um, he intercepts a try, goes up the field. Ireland get a penalty. They go 3-0 up. Um, and then we saw, you know, we saw the dangerous, and the, the dangerous nature and quality of Australia where they go nearly the full length of the field and score a brilliant try under the post and you're kind of worried and concerned when it goes to 10-3 to Australia and some poor defence within that Quinny as well like it must be said uh, that yeah it, it was but it was um, like their centre and I said it a lot in commentary David Vahu he's played you know a lot of super rugby this year he's an incredible player um, and he's you know he's involved in that try I think um, 
Henry O'Donnell, who scores at his place, Super Rugby, Teddy Wilson, their captain, the scrum half, Super Rugby as well. A lot of these guys have, have fairly regular um, contributions. I know there's some guys in the Irish side of, of URC um, involvement, but not as much as, as the Australians. So kind of before the game, you're thinking, oh, God, this is this is a tall order. Now, the conditions were horrendous. And, you know, how how there's a situation where there's three matches on the same pitch in the one day and it's not factored in well, that if the weather goes a bit pear-shaped. What's the story with that, um, 20? Like, the, the, the pitches well, on the TV look absolutely it's horrendous. Crazy. It's crazy. Will, did you see the third game, Italy and South Africa? Oh, or, sure. uh, you know, um, like, it's it's hard to believe that it wasn't taken into consideration that you could have, and it does rain a bit in South Africa this time of year. It's their winter. Um so to have three games in the one pitch and talk about player welfare and protecting players and safety. Thankfully, I don't think anybody got seriously injured from a bad slip or, you know, a bad injury from 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 the the, the games yesterday. But um, I think in hindsight that was a mistake um, not to have another option. I, I understand what they're trying to do, and in fairness, it's easy talk about it afterwards. They're trying to get all the games on the one day, and and um, you know. The, the games are coming thick and fast. There's kind of four, five or six days between each each block of games. But um, it wasn't a good look, but Ireland were outstanding. <clears throat> I think they get a try before half time, and um, they nudge ahead. And, you know, you think, wow, this is, a, this is a big turnaround. I think a big turning point of the game was um, the tight head for Australia going off. Massimo Deleuzis. I think a big powerful because Ireland's scrum kind of creaked a little bit early in the game and then you have a situation in the second half where Ireland's scrum dominance was just unbelievable it was hard to fathom how it it turned around so much and was so dominant um, and that's kind of what won them the game the forward pack they were just brilliant I think as a unit I've said this a lot about this team and throughout the Six Nations as well they're unbelievably tough um, dogged uh, there's a hardiness about them that they just never really give up and they're very abrasive and confrontational so you know they don't take a backward step in anything they do so um, and they love that kind of scenario yesterday of rolling up the sleeves and, and really kind of um, you know being direct in the way they were playing because that was the conditions but you know when you win 30 points to 10 against a very fancied Australian side um, it's a brilliant return, and they've put themselves right back in contention, and and really a great a, within a great position of of getting into a semi finals. We should mention Quinny, uh, your fellow Tipperary man as well, Brian Gleeson. Like I think we've used a few superlatives about him before on the show, chatting to you, uh, and even some of his stats yesterday: fourteen carries, seventy meters gained, two line breaks, eight tackles, and got that try as well. Uh, like this guy is the real deal, isn't he? Um, yeah, um, it's not a surprise to see. I think what's great is is um, he's backed up um, uh, the performances in the Six Nations with even better performance yesterday. Um, he's not just this big, strong, uh, powerful ball carrier who runs direct at people. His footwork is very impressive. He's handling, um, and he was so prominent yesterday. I think he was he was without the ball as well. His tackles, um, his his turnovers. <clears throat> Unbelievably impressive, you know. He got a knock in the lead up to the the English game, and and I think his presence was missed because um, he's just 
non-stop for the whole game. Rue and Quinn was the same. Um, the ball carrying, and they're, you know, I know they're two Munster guys, and I don't want to get anyone kind of saying I'm Munster bias here, but watch the game. You know, watch both of them. Um, Rue uh, and Quinn was just unbelievable as well. The carries and the power and the constantly getting over the game line. Um, there's loads of other guys here. You know, Paddy McCarthy has a, a move from tight to loose head was was outstanding. Uh, Gus McCarthy, the captain, um, and and Ronan Fox making his debut yesterday, um, first start for for the Ireland under twenties. Uh, one or two early problems in the scrum, but you know he was he did a great game and in the loose as well. So. Um, Charlie Irvin and Conor, Conor O'Tierney as well and the players that came off the bench I think that'll really please Richie Murphy the kind of energy and the enthusiasm that kind of grew um, and I just think that they looked to control the whole game in the second half the conditions did not suit the Australians and they didn't play the conditions in any way um, who knows if you had a dry day a hard pitch would they cause Ireland more problems possibly they should have scored a try after half time when it was 11-10 uh, Tim Ryan, the Australian winger, dropped the ball, and that was their only ch- opportunity of the of the whole second half. So um, it was a brilliant, brilliant re- performance, uh, particularly in that second half from this Ireland under twenty side. Uh, just um, before we wrap, Quinny Dan Delaney has been in contact. He says Quinny gave us a talk back in twenty thirteen before the county semi final in the Leash Senior Hurling Championship. Plenty of young lads looking for selfies that night. Mm. I yeah I can't remember did they win the match though he did does he, he say did, that he hasn't told us he'll be <laughs> was the talk any good or <laughs> did I did I bore him to tears um, so anyway look at uh, we'll have to come back to the clash of the champions again Quinny come out the game on Tuesday isn't it Fiji is that right uh, Tuesday the game against Fiji yeah on yeah, the telly it is, yeah so yeah um, it is yeah it's I think it's uh, half twelve kickoff on Virgin very yeah. good you're seven Dave Mack playing a blinder and uh, hopefully we can we can get through Fiji and uh, progress on Quinny thanks a million cheers thanks lads OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now.